during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, it's opening day on the Monty Show. Thursday, April 7th, 2069. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hello. Jake's a little crabby today. I warned you ahead of time. I don't know. Maybe because you threw something off my head before the show. No, don't fine. ignore me. Don't ignore me and violence will not ensue. How the heck are you? Good to see you all this morning. Uh, we have got a lot to get to today. Um, obviously, the Masters is ongoing, um, which is this year is a swimming competition. Um, there's a lot of rain at the Masters right Seriously. now. Uh, it's MLB opening day, and Jake is going to rail against Rob Manfredo. Do you know what Fredo's a reference to? I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, my goodness. He the does Godfather. not know that Fredo is. Who's Fredo? I don't know. He's uh, Michael's brother. Okay. Michael, I know you did it, Fredo. I know it was you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so we'll talk about baseball, Rob Manfred. And today, today is National Burrito Day. Let's go, baby. Oh, my God. So how many burritos are we going to have today? Two. I'm gonna. We're gonna order breakfast burritos here in a minute, which is easier than buying a car. Avi. Um, and yeah, we'll probably have Chipotle later. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, today yeah. is National Burrito Day and but, National Beer Day and National Don't Clean the House Day. So basically, it's hey, National, sit on the couch, eat a burrito, watch baseball, and watch the Masters Day. Sounds perfect. Drinking a beer without cleaning anything up. Yeah. Today is a good day to call in sick. Yeah. Like, it's been a crappy week at the Yelpatory. I mean, it just be what it do, mm-hmm. man. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, we'll get to all that after you hit subscribe because we are giving away a PS5. PS5 power. PlayStation 5 coming up uh, for you. All you got to do is hit subscribe. And once we get to 5,000 subs, we're going to give it away. And currently, Young Jake, I don't know if you realize this. It's but, Young Jock. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, young <laughs> young jerk. Uh, we are meteorically rising towards 5,000. We're almost at 3,800 now. So hit subscribe, then immediately scroll down and shop our affiliate links in the descriptions below. Um, all kinds of stuff from, uh, you know, the vitamins we take, the protein bars we like, the energy drinks, the zero sugar energy drinks, um, the single greatest shaker cup cleaning tool for your sink. It's a must have. By the way, congratulations on a thousand followers on Instagram. Yes. How about that? The line. How about that? Not one of you greedy Fs followed me on Instagram. But somehow I got to 1,000 yesterday, um, and all that really means is I can put links to our videos on my Instagram posts. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. By the way, if you don't follow me on Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, is how you find me on Instagram. There is a video of Jake ignoring me and how it ends poorly for him. Mm-hmm. because he was I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Moon this morning. All right, let's talk about uh, the NBA, Utah, Yaz, basketball. Okay, they won last night. All right, let's move on to Kevin Durant against the Knicks. <laughs> Good win for the Jazz last night. They handled their business. How nice was it? And maybe this is just me, and I know that we've kind of been through the ringer with the Jazz this year, mm-hmm. but how nice was it to get a laugher? Yeah. It was a blowout. It was an easy win, Jake, and I think it's exactly what the NBA gods ordered. It was nice to go to bed with 10 minutes left and not feel like, oh, they're going to lose this game. 
They're going to lose this game, and the world's going to burn to the ground. It was nice not to worry about that last night. Yeah, so. I think the the thing with the Jazz right now is it needs to be as drama-free as possible. Yes. Because I think the thing that we continue to see with this ball club is that we all know that there's issues of chemistry in, in the locker room, and we, we, we get it, mm -hmm. right? It's been a rough season. Mm-hmm. But we need to stop having players-only meetings. We need to stop talking about Donovan passing to Rudy. And Quinn Snyder needs to stop denying that that's an issue. And we just need to embrace where the ball club is right now and just do, do your level best to do your level best. Do what's got to be done. And I think if, if the Jazz just put all that aside and play basketball, they're still a fairly good team. Yeah. Are they the Nets or the Suns? No. Are they an elite team? No. But they're a team that's capable of beating Dallas in round one of the playoffs, and that is your goal right now. Get to round one of the playoffs healthy. Yes. With everybody available, and let's see what happens. You know, make shots, play some defense, and who knows? Yes. That's where this Jazz team is. I, I just don't understand why this particular incarnation of the Utah Jazz seems to embrace so much drama. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a cultural thing with the team. I think that, you know, I mean, there's a everybody on the team deserves blame for the drama. I mean, it just is what it is. I, I think, you know, a lot of people want to make the case that, oh, well, they don't have, you know, a, a true leader. Uh, they don't have this. They don't have that. And the truth is, it takes – all what 15 16 guys on your on your roster to to get get the job done and and have good culture in the locker room and i think you know these guys are are young men like honestly these are not people who are 50 somethings you know what i mean they're not some of these guys are not at their peak maturity levels and so the point just is is that you know, with Rudy and Don and that whole relationship, whether, you know, they, they just got to get it together and be professionals. I mean, it just, it just is what it is. I mean, that's what you're asked to do. I mean, again, let's, let's, you know, approach this conversation from the simplest form possible, which is you play a kid's game for millions of dollars a year. I mean, you're literally getting play paid $41 million, $28 million, like millions of dollars to play a kid's game. And I think that sometimes we forget that. We take it so seriously that we forget just how simple the task is that they're being asked to do. With that said, there it is professional sports, so you have responsibility. You have an impact on the community. So all of this to say that they just need to grow up a little bit and, and be professionals. Again, you don't have to like each other. Don't have to like each other. No one's asking you to play Warzone outside of the NBA together. No one's asking you to, to hang out together. But what we are asking you to do is run a good pick and roll. What we are asking you to do is, yeah, throw it to Rudy when Rudy's got Jordan Poole uh, under the basket, literally sealed, and he has no chance of defending that play. We are asking you to do that. So that's what that's what I'm going to be looking for in the playoffs, honestly. I'm going to be looking for Don to, to make the right basketball play. Take your pride out of it and make the right play, whether that's throwing it to Rudy under the basket, whether that's throwing it to Rudy for an easy lob, like those high percentage looks you saw a lot last night. And this is something I think is really important to note. When you get laughers like last night where it's OKC and none of the mainstays play really outside of Rudy and Bogey as far as starters are concerned. You know, you've got Mike, you know, you've got Don, they're 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 out last night. Like you've got a bunch of guys out. When all the young guys are playing, 
Rudy gets a lot of lobs. Rudy gets a lot of attention. And that's what I think needs to happen as far as the starting group is concerned. When he's open in certain situations, you got to feed him because those are, what is that, probably another 10 points a game just on, like, some lobs Easily. and some passes under the basket. And who the hell knows what that will do for your fortunes in the playoffs. So I just hope that they can get on the same page, play good basketball, and give it their best effort. And whether – you lose in the first round, you lose in the second round, at least you can say, hey, we did exact our, our best, and it just is what it is. You know, you said something there that makes you a scumbag. I know. I know. So you buy into the fact that Donovan Mitchell is intentionally not passing the ball to Rudy yes. Gobert. Yes. You do. Yes. Because he's – dude, you can't okay. be – here's what you can't run from if you're Donovan Mitchell. And and I'm not – I'm not saying that that I blame the guy for this. I I understand why he feels this way based on Rudy's behavior, but but here's what you can't run from. That play against the Warriors where Don is on the strong side wing, like the near side wing, and Rudy is clearly got Jordan Poole sealed under the basket. Like, no question about it. Should have thrown it to him, chose not to throw it to him. You can't run from that. I don't care if you're looking to your left. You're a basketball player. You can't tell me. Dude, don't sit here and say that he didn't see Rudy Gobert on that play. Come on, dude. I just think it's it's one of those things where Don and most of this ball club are just not conditioned to throw him the ball. I mean, I, I don't think it's like, ah, screw him. I think it's much more of that's not where they ever look. And I don't think it was that they ignore him. It's just not what they do. So why now would you turn and throw him the ball? Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think, I, that, I think that's convenient. I think if you've ever played basketball in your life, you you are very cognizant of what your big is doing. You can see him. I just I don't know. Maybe we'll just disagree on that one. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I think that we can agree to disagree. Um, I don't have, I I have no issue with that. But what I am telling you is that my feeling is, and this is just my opinion again. Obviously, Avi. Um, it's just my opinion. I think you're in a situation where you have choices to make and your choice generally is based on what your habits are and what you practice. They do not practice throwing Rudy Gobert the ball into the post. Mm -hmm. They don't. That's not something they've regularly done. It's not something they've done all season long. They practice pick and roll and lobs. That's what they they work Rudy in. So I think you're asking Don to do things that they don't normally do. So why now all of a sudden would he just pivot and do things they never do, especially when things have ended so poorly? Do yeah. you advocate for them throwing the ball to Rudy? Not not in not like regularly, but I think there are like I was saying last night, like I think there are certain situations where yeah, you should throw it to him. Like I think in very certain circumstances, you're not going to throw it to him sure. when he's on the block with his back to the basket. That he's not. That is a low percentage look. He does not have good footwork. He can't dribble the ball. He can't get his own bucket nine times out of ten. But when you are able to work your offense in a way where he gets a switch, where you've got a six three guard on him and he's seven two or whatever he is, right, right. I mean, that's just that's a high percentage look in the NBA. Why would you not just throw it to him? and get those two points like that to me if you do that even if you were to do that four times over the course of a 48 minute game once a quarter that's still extra points that you're scoring without really having to put any effort in you know and and that's why I say like there are a lot of ways I am certainly no Rudy Gobert supporter 
right? Like, let's be clear. I don't. I wouldn't have him on my team. I don't think he's one of the best bigs in the NBA. Like, he can play defense in a certain type of way that gets him a lot of credibility on the defensive end. But I don't think he's one of the best bigs in the NBA, like it or hate it. That's just my opinion. That said, he has a use, just like anything else, which is when he's in the restricted area and he's got someone sealed, throw him the ball. When he sets a pick and he's rolling to the basket, throw him the lob. He can go and get that. There sure. are there are there are ways to use him to get easy possessions. And that's the thing. They go away from this. Like, I agree with you. They're conditioned to throw him lobs in the pick and roll. They're conditioned to play with him a certain way, but they go away from that when things get difficult, which is I guarantee you we will see against Dallas. Oh, there, I there's it. no doubt about that. So so no that's doubt. why I say like when you're playing the Warriors and you you are able to get them there because the Warriors play small ball, so you're playing a team that plays small ball. When you're in that situation, you can get a switch. You got to know these opportunities are going to show up before the game. You got to know that and look for it. In my opinion, yeah, I think it's one of those things where you know, like we joke about Mo Bamba on this show all the time, but like he's no Mo Bamba. Like I mean, Rudy Gobert has a highest best use. Shout to Mo Bamba, right? Like yeah, exactly. Like he's not like just some crappy center from Poughkeepsie. Yeah, he's a guy that is a a skilled defender. But when he's got a guy like Jordan Poole pinned under the basket, you got to throw him the ball. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Having said that, this team needs to stop talking about throwing Rudy Gobert the ball and play fluid, natural basketball. Yes. That's the thing that worries me is I don't necessarily believe they're capable of that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's who this team's been. So expecting them to do something that they've never done is our problem. That's our fault. Yeah. You know, like that's uh, – we're placing, in my opinion – Irrational, irrational expectations. Yeah, on, on on the Utah Jazz, and I think as fans, I think that's what you do. I think you have like today. I believe the Cubs can win the World Series. It's not fucking happening, but I do. They're undefeated. Start talking shit. Yeah, they're undefeated now, right? They're not going to win the World Series, but and the Jazz aren't going to win an NBA championship. But I also think that you have to understand that when you're looking at Oklahoma City thump those boys who cares yeah win by 100 if you can yeah because friday night it's a whole new world because book and cp3 aren't going to sit out like they did last night they're they're they i mean you are looking at the best team in the nba coming to town yeah so and maybe they do maybe the suns are just you know in chill mode they know they've got the best record locked up like i don't know my guess is you're gonna you're gonna see book play on friday night yeah they'll play yeah that yeah. that'd be my guess all right let's get your comments in here real quick though Chaboy went nuts last night. Yeah, Kevin Durant. You know, best player in the league, just saying. Triple-double. Yep, triple-double. You think he's the best player in the NBA? Yes. Who are the even the candidates? Giannis, Durant, uh, Steph, for sure. LeBron? Um, I don't know, man. Or I'm uh, sorry, as they say on the show, LeBum. LeGM. Um, he's a bum. You know, yeah, I mean, he's he's in the conversation. He has to be. I mean, he's still capable of putting up 15 in an NBA game. You're in the best player at the Joel. league conversation. Yes, Joel. Uh, Jokic has to be in the conversation. Yeah. Um, MVP. Yeah, I think th I think that's probably the group. I think anybody other than that is probably second tier. I don't know. You know, I – how can we – I mean, how do you quantify I, – I think Kevin Durant's the best scorer, no question about it. I mean, there's it, to me, there's not even much he's of a conversation. He's developed this ability to just – I mean, obviously, he's been taking over games for a long time, but it just feels different now. Like, there is a – it's almost like 
you know, I, I don't know who to compare it to feeling-wise. Not game or, like, how he goes about it. But, like, there are moments in games where you just know, hey, they're going to give the ball to Durant, and he's putting it in the hole. And it's and, over. And it's over. You're not stopping it. It's over. You know? And, and that's very reminiscent of the the Kobe vibe, the LeBron as a Miami Heat vibe, like that type of thing. That's what that's that's what it, it reminds me of. And and you know, Giannis has the three now. He's got the mid range, but but I don't know. I I, I Giannis in the Kevin most Durant crucial is better moments, than Giannis. In the cr- most crucial moments, Giannis is still a guy who's gonna drive to the basket to get fouled to get his. Where Kevin Durant can get you from anywhere at any time. And I think that's what kind of puts him over the edge. But again, again, I've been a Kevin Durant guy since forever ago. So I'm probably biased. Uh, I I don't, but I don't think you're being biased. I I think Kevin Durant's a better player than Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. I I just think that Giannis is probably at his ceiling offensively, and that's a pretty high ceiling. Um, But I look at Kevin Durant, he evolves every possession. Yeah, there is something that you see him add to the bag. He's become a much more consistent free throw shooter, in my opinion. You know, him talking about that shot last year in the playoffs with his toe on the line. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. He was on a podcast yesterday. I only saw a couple of clips of it, but he was talking about how he knew the moment he stepped down the line. Like he he knew it had happened when he let the ball go. And to to me, when you can feel the game that way. I, I think that's what makes the the very best elite. Yeah, they have an, a, a just an inert feel for the game, a, a a natural ability to understand time and space, and I I just think that Kevin Durant is the best scorer. I think he's the best scorer in the history of the NBA. Yeah, I think he is. I'm waiting for the absolute clutch moment. I think when he when it is Kevin Durant versus everybody else, and he comes through. Yeah. It's I'm waiting for the Michael Jordan moment. Yeah. Because I do think that he is on the verge, on the verge of being a better player than LeBron was in his prime. Mm-hmm. If he if Kevin Durant wins another championship. LeBron has four? LeBron three? has three, I believe. I think he's got he's got two no, in LA was four. LA was his fourth. LA was his fourth. You're right. Yes, because he's got two in Miami, one in Cleveland, one in LA. My yes, bad. He's four. got four. If if Kevin Durant wins four, and then I and I think he could get there. I think I I have no doubt that Kevin Durant can win three or four more titles in his career. Yeah, it's a matter of you know who is he relying on? Does he have to rely on Kyrie Irving? Well, if that's the case, he's in trouble. If Kyrie's always going to be his running mate, and if Kyrie embraces that role like he did with LeBron in Cleveland, okay, we're in a different conversation now. I mean, I think they like playing together uh, for sure, and and I think that Kyrie, fi- it's it kind of feels like they finally started to find their groove in their relationship yeah, it does. on the floor. Yeah, you it know? does. And and I think that I I I I don't know how to feel about that because I feel like they. My opinion is they could get to the finals. I'm not so sure they could win the finals with their current team, especially with the question mark that is Ben Simmons. But I do think that that <laughs> that Kevin and Kyrie could could do some damage in the postseason. But why do you – I don't know. That's an interesting statement. I mean, Kevin Durant's got two rings right now. Mm-hmm. And if he's got two now, I have no doubt he can win a minimum of two more. Mm-hmm. And I would think three. Because at some point, this Brooklyn team's going to put it together. Yeah, They're going to spend the money. They're going to put it together. Yes. And I think if they had, you know uh, – 
it's not Ben Simmons. It's guys like Joe Harris. Yeah. If you had Joe Harris, if you had depth. Because Claxton's coming along nicely. For absolutely him. he is. But, you know, Blake Griffin's a very limited player at this point in his career. And I don't think, you know, that you have a whole lot off the bench. And by the way, Kevin's only 33 years old. Yeah. So he's probably got five, six more years left in the league. Yeah. He's got to win now. I think he's got five, six years left at, at this level, and then he can play for, you know. I think he's got to win. He's got to win this year or next year. He won't. I doubt he wins a championship this year. Yeah. I just it don't see that. It would be special that. if he did. Yeah, I don't see that happening. But I think that it, I think Kevin Durant and the Nets will. I, I, I feel really good that next year they all this garbage is going to be over. The Harden stuff, the Kyrie covid stuff i mean i think their their hill is so steep to climb because they're in the play-in tournament right and they're not the home team in the play-in tournament right now mind you um they're gonna play that play-in game on the road yeah it, it's a difficult road to hoe when you got to play that extra game and then if you lose that game you got to play three games minimum it's just it's asking a lot yeah and then to be you know the seventh and eighth seed you're probably going to play you know, Milwaukee, you're going to wind up running into Milwaukee again. and Which I hope. I mean, that that was a great series, and I think that Kevin Durant's got unfinished business, you know? And I think the Nets are better than Milwaukee right now. I I, I know that's crazy, and a lot of people call me crazy, but I'm telling you, it'll just be interesting to see how that all plays out. But all of that to say, yeah. Kevin Durant's only 33 years old, so he's got time. If he wins a couple of more rings, and obviously if LeBron picks up another one, you know, I, I think Kevin Durant is very, very capable of being the best player of this generation. Yeah. I think he is very capable of being a better player than than LeBron James. Now, I think there's so much talent coming behind those two guys, but guys like Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell are not in their generation. Mm -mm, they're the next generation. Yeah. They're I, the you, next. You look KD at – is KD, LeBron, Steph, uh, Kyrie, you know, that – cut of guy is what we're talking and about. I think there's no doubt Kevin Durant's better than Steph Curry yeah um I think he I think he's the best player in the NBA right now I think he's the most gifted scorer it's him we've and ever LeBron. seen it's him and LeBron yeah it's, it's those two and that's it there's yeah. nobody else it, it, it's an interesting conversation I think there's there's no doubt about that all right um let's see who's in this morning Edgar Garcia what's up my man Snuka where you been Good to see you, Snuka. The blind swordsman said, good dub by the Jazz, even though it was OKC. Stop with that. Like, we do this every day on this show. Yeah. Even though. Just take out they the even win. though. win. Like, what's the issue? Good dub by the Jazz last night. Period. That's it. That's it. Clarkson is figuring out how to pass the Jazz. Hopefully, are not so reliant on the three. And baseball's back. Yay. Yes. He says in parentheses, overpaid babies. Uh, Funky Orient says, hi, Erica Schultz says, good morning. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. The Jazz took care of business like they should have. Exactly. Funky says, two games left. Jazz either face Golden State or Dallas. It's going to be Dallas. There's no doubt it's going to be Dallas. Um, Cody Strickland says, morning, guys. Mesh says, good morning, young gentlemen. Mesh, good to see you. Edgar Garcia says, Rob Manfred equals a freaking chump bucket Astro toy that gets banged on. <laughs> okay i like it that's an astros cheating reference right uh forrest g says morning neville 93 what's up he said i went to the game last night and the bench did great that's that's that was a relief yeah exactly uh giggity what's up uh can't wait to go to the sun's jazz game tomorrow oh you're gonna be in salt lake city okay good absolutely good go to betos for a burrito 
Uh, Luisito Diaz says, this Jordan Clarkson we need in the playoffs. Somebody can feed the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, that's something where you can caveat it by saying it was Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. What has Jordan Clarkson become against the Suns? What has Jordan Clarkson become against Dallas? Because when you're playing for nothing against OKC, you're going to play a lot more free with a lot more freedom. Yeah, it's easy to just run around and score. Yeah. Um, Forrest G says, Dunford Donuts must deliver to Daddy Gobert when he has a smaller man sealed under the basket. No excuses. Look. Daddy? So he was saying Donford Donuts. Don, oh, Donovan. My bad. My Donford. bad. Sorry. 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 My bad. But I'd like to say Dunford Donuts are the best donuts. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I love Dunford Donuts. Eric and Raleigh says, Quinn Snyder, um, Bond villain. Your thoughts? <laughs> wow. He is kind of, he is gaunt. Yes. Am I the only one who yes. thinks Quinn Snyder needs to eat some fettuccine? Yeah, he needs some carbs in his life. My man needs some pasta. Um, Edgar says, Durant can take over anywhere, anytime until his toe says, hold my beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, it's true. Exactly. I mean, you know. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, you ain't wrong. Uh, what do you want me to say to that? Yeah. George Mish- Mashkia. Uh-huh. You're just going to be George. It's my opinion, and I and think Kevin Durant in 2014 was the MIP. Most improved player. Okay. Scott Howard says, my issue with KD is his injuries, though. Well, but has he had a ton of injuries? I mean, yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Like, he's had a couple of catastrophic injuries. I mean, obviously, the broken foot was a problem. The Achilles was a problem. Um, and he's he's had some maintenance after those injuries. But I think Kevin's been... You know, for long stretches of his career, he's been durable. The guy's played a hell of a lot of basketball. Yeah, dude. So, yes. I mean, I, I think that's – I wouldn't say he's injury he's prone. He's not injury prone, dude. I mean, he he had an, he had tore his Achilles. Like, uh, yeah. So, so, does that mean that because Clay Thompson tore his Achilles and then tore his – or tore his ACL, then tore his Achilles, that Clay Thompson's injury prone? No. Clay Thompson's been one of the most durable players in the league. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, I think we need to be careful who we label injury prone when they have one major injury. Yeah, and Garcia says, morning, yo, what's up, N? George says, uh, KD lost three full seasons and won four scoring championships. It's amazing. Yeah. And Garcia says, who's more disappointing, the Jazz, Lakers, or Nets? Oh, the Lakers by far. The Jazz are not disappointing. I, I, I just had this conversation the other day. Like, the Jazz are not disappointing. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. We talked about them being a bottom of the Western Conference And everyone team. said, oh, you're casuals. You're just and You're an idiot. You're haters. And you're casual. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're a you know, jerk. Come on. Um, we They're not disappointing. I mean, this is who we thought they were. Yeah. So, at least not to us, you know. The Lakers are the most disappointing team in the NBA. There's, yeah. there's no doubt. I don't think the Nets are disappointing at all. I think they've been through the – grinder and i think depending on what they do in the postseason they could be one of the most uh inspirational stories of the year jeremy bolton what's up michael burton says i'd take kd over lebron because i can see that killer sniper in kd and will play when not 100 percent. lebron needs to be 95 before he'll suit up dude he's taking a beating i disagree with it he's taking a beating over this i think lebron plays hurt on a regular basis um i think when you're in his position why would you be forcing your way back into the lineup I mean, you don't have a lot of years left on that motor. Yeah. And he wants to play with his son. I wouldn't be forcing my way back either. You're not going to win a championship with that team. Yeah. You're not. So I have no problem with him not playing. If he's done for the year, I have no problem. Yeah. And maybe his tweet on April 1st was legit. 
You know, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, eBay, the sofa surfer says jazz are back, baby. Yeah, maybe, uh, stopped at Beto's last night when I got into town. Giggity says okay. my dude. All right. All right. Let, All yeah. Right. Order them up. Let's All right. go. Fine. Let's I mean, go. you guys are forcing me to do things now that, you know, I wasn't planning on doing, but now I'm doing it just is what it is. Yep. Uh, Scott Howard says house shooting arrows in Whiteside talking a fair amount of trash. Good to see them having fun or act like you've been there. What's your opinion? I've never liked talking shit to OKC and like bogey waving goodbye to the crowd in Houston. Really? That's the worst team in the NBA. The OKC is one of the worst teams in the NBA. Hassan Whiteside in particular does mm -hmm. this all the time. I've never understood it. Like why? Why? Like, who are you flexing on? They, the, By the way, OKC doesn't have anybody that weighs over 100 pounds on the roster. Let's not flex on them after we dunk. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I think it's a – I think, you know, when you're a role player, it's your job to bring energy, and that's what those guys think they have to do. But I've never been a big fan of the whole shooting arrow thing or, like, flexing on dude. Like the other night, who were they playing? Hassan dunks one time and they're down like 20. I mean, it just was And he's flexing. It, like it's like, dude, get the hell out of here, man. You're getting your ass beat by this team and you're like flexing. Like, come on, dude. It, you have to do it at the right time, you yeah, know? Totally agree. Um and Garcy says in number 2. Okay. Um Jeremy Bolton says, "Well, Bulls were doing awesome until Caruso came back. Just saying, don't hate the sender." I think the issue with the Bulls is that Zach Levine's out of gas. I mean, that team's out of gas. Like, they – they, the issue is the Bulls play very small basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, when you have Nikola Vucevic as your, your number one, I mean, he's he is soft. He is the definition of a soft big. Yes. They can't bang is the problem. The Bulls cannot – because, I mean, the guys that you rely on, I mean, generally, the Bulls – when they were healthy, when you were January and you were rolling and you were leading the East, like everybody was healthy, and then they got ravaged by COVID. Yep. Um, the Caruso injury absolutely changed the trajectory of their season. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The hard part is you're not a team that can endure because you just don't have those the the you don't have the stars to do that. Yes. And this is my issue with Zach Levine, like. Zach is a guy who believes he's the best player in the NBA, and I love him for it, but he simply is not the best player in the NBA. He is a guy, in my opinion, that that has a highest best use, and that highest best use is turning him loose as long as you have other people that can score, and right now they don't. I mean, like you're relying on Io DeSumo in Chicago, who's a rookie, to carry a pretty good amount of scoring, and Zach's missed a lot of time as well. Um, I think DeMar DeRozan is clutch I'm, everything you want this Russell Westbrook versus DeMar DeRozan thing. And I think this is why there's a chance the Lakers would be open to moving on from LeBron because they, a lot of people blame LeBron in LA for blocking a DeMar DeRozan acquisition and choosing Russell Westbrook instead. Yeah. And it's been a flipping disaster. You have a guy in DeMar DeRozan that was at one point being talked about as an MVP um, and who's been one of the best players in the league this year, yep. certainly in the Eastern Conference. And you have Russell Westbrook, who's been one of the worst players in the league, and I mean the entire league. Yeah. So, I don't know. The Bulls, the, the thing I'm thankful for with the Bulls as a, as a Bulls fan, there's a front office in place now that, that knows what they're doing. 
Like they have a plan. Billy Donovan has an idea of what he can do with the roster that he has. But they are what they are. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what moves they make in the offseason because a lot of people think they are going to trade Zach in the offseason. So we'll see what happens there. Scott Howard said, agree. Hassan and House uh, were picking on a JV team last night. Absolutely they were. Um, eBay says, hottest teams in the NBA are the Celtics, Mavs, and Suns. But I want the Sixers versus Jazz in the finals. Not happening. No, it's not happening. I agree with that. And Garcia says, LeBron signing a two-year deal with the Jazz before retiring in Cleveland. Any thoughts? Why do you smoke crack so early? Yeah, man. He, I mean, he's going hard on that. I, no thoughts. Michael Burton says SGA and Giddy will make OKC a, be- OKC a better team. I love Giddy's game. Yeah, I do. He's fun to watch. Um, George says I think the playoff Daniel House must start and play more minutes than Bogdanovich. I think you're crazy. I think again we saw it in a little in it, we saw it last night when Daniel House is starting and he's a, a first option, he makes a lot of mistakes. Yes. He's a role player. Bogdanovich actually played well last night. I think he had 27 points. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 when he I mean, he, I I'm pretty sure he led you in scoring last night. When he gets the ball, he produces. Yeah, like I I don't know like is to, is this morning the morning to be talking about benching Boy, yeah, why, why? Why? Why can't the hell we is just, this coming from? Bro, why can't we just say it was a nice win? 26 minutes, 7 of 11, 2 of 4 from 3, 11 of 12 from the line, 5 boards, and 27 points. Like, what are we talking about? What are we about? talking about? Yeah. I have no problem with that. I just enjoy the win. Like, I think Jazz fans are scarred emotionally, and so they can't yeah. enjoy wins. There's just no way. Uh, Royce Buckets O'Neal. Exactly, Brett. Uh, Burton SGA, uh, is an absolute stud, but he needs help. Yes. SGA. Well, I mean, Giddy's got to be healthy. Uh, they have so many injuries on that. Uh, that would come on. Yeah. They're a young team. Forrest G says, do you believe Daniel house will be able to sustain this high level of play in the playoffs? No, he won't. He will come back to the mean. He's a, he's a journeyman. And the thing that he's allowed to do on this team pretty much unchecked is run the floor aggressively. He plays defense aggressively. They only ask him really to do one thing, which is stand in the corner and shoot the three and play defense. He's a three and D guy. Yes. Those guys are, they're va- they have value. Dime a dozen. They have value, but yes, they are not hard to replace. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, I love me some bogey. Give, give some more of the Croatian penetration. I'm sorry. I thought you said Croatian penetration. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, I know that you were talking about Alex Caruso, so your blood was boiling and the, you know. Well, things, let's talk about it. I'm a good listener. Things were probably pumped. Right. But we don't need to use that kind of language on this here family fucking show. I'm pumped. Um, too much. Jen Saki is jumping ship. Doesn't want Who that cares? smoke. Who cares? Who cares? Okay. Who cares? All right. Forrest G says, Hassan is a class clown. He feeds of... He feeds of fun energy and does not take things seriously. I like his antics because I know that it's just him, but I know it leads to a lack of reliability. It totally does. It totally does. All right. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. Did you order the burritos? Yes. You did? Yes. All right. Let's get them burritos up in that butt. Um, Bro. Yes. Let's get them burritos up in that butt. Yeah, what? Like. Dude, I crapped out a garden yesterday. 
Bro. Like, I'm telling, like, red peppers. I just ain't digesting that. You know. Anyway, all right. Uh, oh, all right. Good morning. Good, good morning. Uh, good show. Good talk. MLB opening day is today. Yes. Pumped up, excited. Yeah, dude, I love baseball, man. I'm, I'm Who's gonna, your team, right? Like you're on, you're a nomad. Yeah, I'm a nomad, bro. I don't, I don't. The Giants are okay. The Cubs are crap. You know, the Padres. The I mean, Cubs. listen. Here's the here's the interesting thing. Hold on. Here's the interesting thing about the Cubs. Donnie, please. The anti-gay, homophobic assholes that own the Cubs, otherwise known as the Ricketts family, um, are trying to buy Chelsea Football Club right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems is they're anti-gay, homophobic assholes. And so Chelsea fans don't want them to own the club. So one of the things that they're talking about is, well, we brought the World Series back to Chicago for the first time in 864 years. And yeah, we hate gays, but, you know, we win games. That's fucking interesting, man. So there's a little pressure on them to win games right now. (laughs) Because one of the things that... Chelsea fans are saying is, well, the Cubs suck repeatedly and they're disappointing and fans hate you. Why would we want you to join our our circles and buy the club? So there's a little pressure. And by the way, Kyle Schwarber is hitting balls to Tacoma. The moon, bro. (laughs) He's hitting balls to the moon, bro. But he wasn't good enough for you. And you got rid of him, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo's a New York Yankee. Um, You, Darvish, is a San Diego Padre. um, And you still hate the gays because you're an asshole. You hate the gays. The Ricketts family is Is, is so inflammatory. Like, I, I don't. They're terrible people. And they don't spend money. They don't want to win. No, they just want to sell tickets and make money. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so why would we want them to own two my two probably two of my passions in life, Chicago Cubs baseball and Chelsea Football Club. Mm-hmm. Why would I want the anti-gay homophobic assholes to own both the Cubs and Chelsea Football Club? Yeah. Help me. Yeah, it's not good. Help me, please. But I will say it's great to have baseball back. I know. We had a comment about overpaid players and X, Y, and Z, and there's always going to be those people, but I love baseball. I, I do. I love the game. I, I love I, I So love wait, it. nail it down. Who's your team? The Giants. I don't really have a team right now, but it would be the Giants. Pathetic. Yeah, the Giants, then the Cubs, then the Padres probably. I am, it, mine order. is by far, without doubt, the Chicago freaking Cubs. I am a huge Cubs fan. My second team is the San Diego Fathers who don't win anything because Fernando Tatis rides motorcycles. Are we clear on that? You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but I think we can all we can all unite behind one common Can you single yourself up real quick? Okay, sure. <clears throat> Fix my shirt so my man tits don't show so much. Um can we all unite behind one common disdain? Hell no. Can we all get together? On this platform, known as the YouTube and podcast machine. That's not what we're about. And and come together as one super force. Never. And just agree that Rob Manfred's a cock that, <laughs> that nobody likes. Fucking A. Yeah, can we all just get together? Let's, let's. Let's, let's settle this right now. Yeah, let's take our real meter into the red. And just agree that Rob Manfred's a terrible commissioner. Keep it real. Right? I mean, I, 
I hate Rob Manfred. Because I'll drop that mother. Well, what we need is a pitch clock. No, and douche, we don't. We need electronic strike zones. God. And um, we need a universal DH. Um, we need less minor league players so that I can <sighs> afford my new Maserati. Dude. That, I mean, if I got to cut some motherfuckers, I'm doing it because I'm getting a Maserati. That's who Rob Manfred yeah, is. Yeah, dude, I just, he's. Oh, well, the Diamondbacks need a new stadium. We know. I doubt that. But the Diamondbacks are blameless here. No, Idiots. they're not. No, they're not. Listen, Rob Manfred's a terrible commissioner. Yeah. He's awful for baseball. The game is fine. Stop messing with baseball. Oh, it's it takes too long. Okay, go watch Maury Povich. I don't care. I don't right? give up. Yes, yeah, I don't. Go vote for Dr. Oz, that whack job who's running for Congress. Go do that. Don't watch baseball. Oh, the, 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 there's too much time in between pitches. Okay. I mean, how about, well, let's at least agree on this. If you think there's too much time between pitches, you can fuck off. Right? We agree on that. Yeah, take it. See ya. Peace. Like, okay. Enjoy croquet and bridge. Don't forget, hey, you can always learn how to play bridge. You know. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't need baseball. Cribbage. No. Okay. Cribbage. Okay. Well, I know you have a big, important Wordle game coming up, so you don't have time to watch, you know, 35, 40 seconds between pitches. Well said. Wordle. Anyway, it is what it is. Hey, what is the Boise State announcement going to be today? NIL deal going independent? What? Your mom. Um, they're changing their turf from blue to brown. That's the announcement. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, Jake, as a casual Rockies fan, you should become a Rockies fan. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. How? I'm good. How? You know. Um, Tanner says, my guess is that Boise is going to the AAC at Casey Finlinson. And Garcy says, at Plummer, we should have kept Ursan Ilyasova, in my opinion. Hey, guys. Nah. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. You got, you got nacho cheese now. Oh, oh, wait. Do you need to single yourself up again for this? Did we just bring up the name Ursan Ilyasova as your mom? Um, like, did we? Really? Um, yeah. What happened to Wanacho Belgrande? Um, I mean, he played last night. You know. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> by the way, is today one of the best days in sports? First of all... You have the Masters. Today's one of the best days to call out sick. First a tradition all, unlike any other. Unlike any other, where we're going to bang a per Perkins waitress on the 18th hole. Much like the Ricketts family who <laughs> hate the gays and are homophobic. I think that's HIPAA. The Masters happens every year. You can count on it. Much like you can count on the... No, I'll stop. Just um, so you can go to Pound Town. Much like you can count on Tiger Woods banging porn stars. It's the Masters. <laughs> By the way, real quick, Jim Nance is old. Mm -hmm. This is going around now. And I, I'm not saying, well, I am going to say. You are. I, I set trends in this world. Right. Fashion, food. I want to thank me. <laughs> I want to thank me for believing in me. Yeah. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. Yep, me. I want to thank me for having no me. days off. You know, I want to thank me for starting this trend of Jim Nance is senile and can't call big moments in sports anymore. The Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> me? <laughs> like, they win the championship the other night. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes with the game winner. One shining minute and stuff. 
Donnie, please. <laughs> Only on CBS. Oh, wait, TBS. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like with Jim Nance. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Like he's just turned into Harry. Hey. Tony. <laughs> hey, Tony Romo. Oh, I mean, whatever your name is. Um, <laughs> he just, and, and like they kept having to correct him. Oh, all right. Here comes Kevin Johnson into the game. No, that's uh, John Stevenson. Yeah, that Ugh. motherfucker too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in, yes. in, there was one moment where I think UNC called a timeout. And he's like, oh, they've called a foul. And the, the, the guy's like, no, Jim, uh, they, they called a timeout. Whatever. Oh! <laughs> what? Like Jim Nance turned into Harry Carey right before our eyes. Yes. A tradition unlike any other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that Jim Nance can still do the job in all seriousness. But to his, to his credit, college basketball is difficult and not exactly in his wheelhouse. Like. Are you serious? Jim Nance has called the Final Four for I years, know, bro. Like, but he's much more of a football golf guy. To you. Yeah. Because he's a football golf guy. Yeah. See, your generation pisses me off. You have these glorious pube froze, and you That's don't watch day. any TV. You're like, oh, well, I don't watch the NCAA like tournament. Like I would just skip right over pube froze. I don't like the NCAA tournament, so I don't know You're the You're the same Nance. guy who says who said that he didn't want to watch college basketball. Well, this year college basketball sucked. Frankly, BYU and Utah were awful. And fucking Notre Dame. By the way, Betos is – Jake ordered Betos. It's National Burrito Day, Mrs. Monty. Uh, anyway, the point is Jim – my wife is upset. Yeah, it's a, that, that's a that's a new trend. Pupros is a trend. This show is way off the rails. But the point is, Jim Nance is aged, and I don't think he's got his fastball anymore. Yeah. Like my guess is, he's going to go the route of Vern Lundquist. Okay, and who the f- who's Vern Lundquist? Wow. Who like? Did you really just ask? In the comments, do we know who Vern Lundquist is? Yes, it's Vern Lundquist. I don't know who Vern Lundquist is, dog. I don't know who that is. Ho, y'all feel me, <laughs> dude? Vern Lundquist is one of the greatest play-by-play guys ever. And Where he, is a a Ron right now? And he called a lot of golf. He's that guy that that's like this is a. Uh, we see this as a thirty-six foot putt. Left to right, uh, depending on which way Tiger, <laughs> Tiger goes here. <laughs> if he farts too hard, he'll blow by the hole. Which, boy. <laughs> which, according to a Perkins waitress, he blows by the hole regularly. <laughs> That's Vern Lundquist oh, is a legend. Oh, man. He's a legend. 16, 16th hole, par three. Tiger's got the shaft out. <laughs> like, that's who Vern Lundquist is, man. Are you kidding me? You don't know who Vern oh, Lundquist is. Man. Um, Chris Carnes says, damn it, Jake. Stop being 27 years old. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I don't know who Vern Lundquist is either. That's mainly because I don't watch golf. <clears throat> He's one of the Dude, greatest. Tanner, okay, can we? Hold on, hold on. At least I watched the game. Right? At least I want... Oh, I'm sorry. The tournament. You guys, Vern Lundquist called college football mainly. Okay, and well, he I occasionally don't know who called Lundquist golf. Is. 
you assholes. Are you serious? Like, love Vern Lundquist. You said to me, we're going to get to a guys, car story guys, here guys, in like 10 guys, minutes. Guys, I don't know who Vern Lundquist is. By the way, by the I way. I don't watch croquet. The, the burritos are on the way. Okay. ETA is 10 minutes. Awesome. Um, anyway. The <laughs> can, can we, wait, can we get one more Vern Lundquist impersonation? That was funny. Please. And, and maybe, could you do it on the Utah Jazz? Because that just seems fitting for the show today. No, it's more fitting that I would do it on like R. Kelly or something. I don't have, yeah, I mean, we could, Vern Lundquist calling jazz basketball yeah. from a golf course? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Donovan No D. Mitchell. Kicks to the corner to Royce Buckets O'Bench, who won't shoot the ball. Oh, it's an air ball. Yes! <laughs> hey, look at that. Rudy Gobert won't get the basketball. He pinned a, wait, a Perkins waitress on the... I don't know. I'll in the that. restricted area. <laughs> but Vern Lundquist <laughs> is one of the best play-by-play guys in the history of college football. I'm sure I've heard his voice. I just don't know the name. When did Vern call college football? I might remember... You guys are... Are you serious? Um, okay. God almighty. Go. See, I'm not alone on this one. I think you're alone on this one, bro. No, I'm not. I think you're alone on this one. No, dude. I'm not. Yeah. He's only 81 years old. Vern Lundquist, like last year he called college football. He was the voice of the SEC on CBS. Okay. Let me CBS help, let me help us out here. On CBS. Let me get the old YouTube machine out. On CBS. Vern Lund. Number, um, memorable calls. While calling a college football game on CBS between the Florida Gators and the unranked South Carolina Cocks. Okay, okay, okay. Like, Augusta National and the Masters is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Then Masters broadcasts throughout the years on CBS have not only yeah, left that's not Fern Lundquist. No, that's Jimmy Roberts. He called the PGA Championship here. last year. Here we go, here we go. This should be it. This is Tiger putting. Okay. There it is. A win for the ages. That's Jim Nance. That's it. Well, dude, this is under Lundquist. I know that's Jim Nance. I know that's Jim Nance. Do you guys see what I have to live with? He called golf last. Go to Phil Mickelson um, 2021 PGA Championship. And yeah. the bunker shot has to come up. Phil Mickelson. 2021. 2021. PGA Championship. <laughs> How do you dickheads not know who Vern Lundquist <laughs> is? This is unbelievable. On the 18th. Yes. Okay, here we go. Are you serious right now? Um... It's a bunker shot. Yeah, right here. I think this is it. Yes. There's no call on it, though. This is the highlight. Get the it's the PGA official account. What do you want from me? I give up. I'm I'm working here. Just I'm, Vern I'm Lundquist play-by-play. Play. Just Will you just do Vern Lundquist? Yeah, Vern Lundquist. V-E-R-N. Yeah, I know how to spell Vern, dickhead. I know how to spell Vern. Thanks. L-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. There he is right there, okay. fat old man. Let's screen pass. Yeldon to the 20, to the 10. Touchdown, Alabama. That's, okay, that's pretty that's good. That's Burr. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is. Okay. Okay, we're going to basketball here. Three to go. Denim Brown for three. No good by George. The dream is alive. 
Vern Lundquist. There you go. There's Vern. Vern Lundquist. Is there any golf? His golf shit is amazing. Let me see. Vern Lundquist. I don't. I can't believe you guys don't know who Vern Lundquist is. I I am stunned even for your level of incompetence of never having seen Jaws or The Godfather that you don't know who Vern Lundquist is. Age roll call of Monty's fans. I'm I'm the big 5-0. I'm 49. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, just hit the big 4-2. After hearing his voice, all the memorable calls are coming back to my memory, Tanner Plummer says. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Hang on. Start Hold it. That's Hold Vern. It. Hold it. No. That wasn't a great example. Yeah, the song in the background. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it, we're some past examples it here. We're past it now. It's fine. It's fine. It's not easy to find stuff. Here. Jim Nance is losing his fastball. Yeah. Like, if you listen to... I'll give you credit. Vern is good. Vern is good. I know Vern's good. Yeah, I'll give you credit. Vern Lundquist is very good. Yeah. He's on the 16th. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go to the 16th with Vern Lundquist. All right, here's Rory McIlroy. Who breaks up with women over text? Is he doing? Is he doing the Masters this year? Much like Jake Montemayor, what a dick! Is he doing the Masters um, this year? I don't think he is. It's on ESPN. He broke up with you over text message? Yeah, you jerk. Uh, all right. So by the yes, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore. Yes, yes, that was from Happy Gilmore. Thank you. Uh, Tanner Plummer says I'm 12, going on 25. Hey. Remember when we all thought that Tanner Plummer was 25? You're 28. Mm-hmm. I'm 49. Chris hey Carnes 50. Mm-hmm. Tanner's 25. How old is everybody else who's watching? All right. So today's a great day in sports. That's yeah. where before yes. you derailed the show with your Sorry, Vern Lundquist I didn't stupidity. know who Vern Lundquist was. Um, that's where that's where we went on this show is that um, – and there's my ring doorbell. That's not the burritos. Um, that's not the burritos, unfortunately. No. Um, but today's a great day in sports. Today's one of those days with opening day in baseball, the Masters opening round. I, I think it has to be up there with the opening round of the NCAA tournament. I, I don't think it's up there with, like, you know, New Year's Six Bowl games. But today's a pretty darn good day, I think, right? Yeah, I, I think as far as, you know, events in sports, because events and best days in sports are two different things. Events, yeah, the opening day of the Masters is not the same thing as Super Bowl or whatever, like a championship game seven or, like, that's two different things. Yeah. But I think as far as best days in sports yeah i think i think opening I, first of all i think the hole in one competition yesterday was awesome that was a finally lot of fun. we got a hole in one yeah like it, the, that the was par three it's the par three comp- god god i know that i'm a sinner i know that i have a dirty butthole but okay. please god it's the fucking vernal equinox <laughs> can, can you please give jake any sports knowledge at all no oh it's that uh, hole in one competition down there in that georgia golf course it's called the par three Does, competition is, is at Vern, the masters is Vern the voice it's of sports gods the par three contest at the masters mother augusta augusta georgia like it's the par three man it's not the hole in one competition what are you talking about? That motherfucker don't miss, yeah. man. Well, what's the Godfather? Like, you mean Godfather's Pizza, right? <laughs> Tostinos? Tostinos! Like, how, like, how have you... Anyway. All right. Uh, Cody Strickland says I'm 31. Fat Jesus is 53. And Garcy says 40-something. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast, shout out to Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Uh, 34. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Casey Finlinson says 40. Snook is 31. I love it. Um, Brett Robbins says, I used to watch a shitload of women's tennis. I'm for real. 
Oh, that ground stroke was amazing. Wow. Anyway, wow. Um, I can't even impersonate a, a guy calling no. women's tennis. No, we're good. All right, here's my impersonation of Vern Lundquist calling women's tennis. Daddy? That was me, like, sleeping. Anyway, women's tennis is boring. That was a boring tennis. Okay. Um, what? Um, the Jeep. The Jeep. Oh, shit. I've been avoiding the Jeep. All right, so, uh, wow, because it is 7.30 already. Okay, so um, we tried to buy a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon yesterday. The perfect unit. We found the perfect unit. I thought my unit was perfect. No, I found the perfect unit. Note it that I'm like, hey, my unit. My uh, unit. Anyway, I thought my unit was yeah. the, the response. Yeah. So I found a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon <laughs> V6 on text message that Jake sent me from KSL.com. <laughs> So I call the dealer. We set it up, right? We drive it. Perfect unit. I knew we were in trouble, though, when the guy that I was talking to, and this is at Tim Dolly Nissan in Midvale. So on State Street, right? And we're like, okay, we'll go up there. No problem. It's a Nissan dealer. They don't deal in Jeeps. You're not going to have a great Jeep experience, yeah. but that's fine. It's a 2018, 18, 34,000 miles. Low miles. It's only $44,000. One owner car, California car. Well, this is a unicorn. Okay, cool. Go in there, drive it. It's great. But the salesman I had been talking to on the phone was like, hey, I had to go. I had to, my son has an event. I had to leave. Yeah. But this guy, KK, will be there to help you. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, if KK is going to be there, everything's fine. We go there. KK's there. He's waiting for us. The Jeep's parked out front. All right, cool. Get in the Jeep. Great unit. Drive it. Drives great. Mrs. Monty loved it. She was on board. Um, we get back to the dealership. He's like, all right, hey, just have a seat in the packed dealership because apparently Nissans are really popular right now because that place was lit. Yeah. And so we sit down at the table. The guy values our trade, gives us a fair amount for our trade. We're trading in a Jeep Grand Cherokee that's worth 34. His initial offer was 33000 So we were like, all right, cool. We're in the ballpark here. Um and then the guy comes back with a, with a deal sheet. And if you don't know how the car buying process works these days, um, they are not going to make you their best offer right out of the gate. Yeah. They're going to try to make money on you. But when you used to work in the car business and you buy cars like every 15 minutes, you kind of have an advantage. So our advantage is Mrs. Monty and I both have elite credit. We have like 810, 820 credit scores. We have the money to put down a significant down payment. So we know what our payment should be. We wanted the payment on this Jeep to be less than $700. And we were like, okay, this should be fine, right? This should work out. He comes back with a deal sheet that's got a $900 payment on it. And we're like, hey, man, these numbers don't seem right. And he's like, well, you know, but we're saving you on the sales tax. So you're actually getting 35000 for your trade-in. And I was like, well, no, that's not really how it works. But by the way, these numbers don't matter. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're just going to take off. We're just, we, peace out. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me go back and talk to my guy. Okay. But hey, you got the key to my Jeep, my Grand Cherokee, because we're, yeah, I'll bring it with you. So the number one thing that they do is they hold on to the key to your trade-in so that they have to keep you there. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. 
So he goes back and he comes back not with a $942 payment. He comes back with an $860 payment. And so I said, you know what, man? These numbers just aren't going to work. We're going to roll out. We're going to roll out. Can you? Can I have my key back? Oh, it's in the office. I'll go get it. Okay. All right. So he comes back with another deal sheet. He's like, well, look, you know, I talked to my guy. You know what? The pay we can do seven fifty two on the payment, and you know, and it's our best deal. And, and we're gonna up the amount of your car. It's actually gonna be thirty five thousand dollars that we're giving you. We're not gonna height shyster you and thirty five thousand for your trade in seven hundred fifty two dollars. Let's do this. Like he just assumed we were gonna do it, and we were like, Nah, we're good. We're good. You should have come back with your best offer the third time, and we're fine. So he gives us our our keys, right? No, he's like, oh, yeah, they're still in the office. And I said, we're leaving. We need the key to the Jeep. And this kid's a nice kid. He's inexperienced. He's younger. So he's like, okay. So he goes and gets the keys. We walk outside. There's a Subi sitting there where the motor's blown on it because it's a Subi and the kid's got an awesome pube fro. And, yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. Right. So he comes outside and he's like, well, you know what, guys? Uh, before you take off, you know, we can do a $700 payment. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're out. On principle alone, we're out, man. Shook his hand. We were like, hey, we really appreciate it, but you know, this is you know your your game plan now. Mm -hmm. So we're not gonna no. So we left and we went over to uh, Larry H. Miller, um, in Sandy, the Jeep store in Sandy, and he's got like half a dozen Jeeps there that we can buy. Mm -hmm. And so I did a I did a prequal on at at um, Capital One this morning, six fifty six for a $656 payment, which is perfect because I'm not going to keep it. So a lot of people in the comments I can see are, are like, hey, why don't you just buy it? The reason I am going to finance it is because I don't keep them 10 years. Yeah. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this Jeep. We're going to build it and then we're going to sell it probably in 18 months to two years. We're going to make a good bit of money on so it. So the long term play doesn't matter. Yeah. Why would I why would I let go of any more money than I have to? Yeah. So anyway, the point is Capital One is offering me like a crazy low payment, right? Like looking on the, the yeah, look, pull it back up, looking on the Capital One because Capital One has an auto finance app that you can use and Capital One on this on this Jeep. That's fifty two thousand nine hundred dollars. Um, this thing is they're saying it's six uh, six ninety six is the the payment that they would that they would offer on the Jeep. Now, you want to know the real sad thing? The payment that Capital One is offering on the Jeep we looked at yesterday at Tim Dolly Nissan is $559. They claim they can get you to $559. Like, it's ridiculous that... that it's, an, it's a crazy low payment for that car. Like, it, it, and I'm... But, but, to your credit and Mrs. Monty, Monty's credit... You guys have elite credit, so that's what it should be. So immediately when he brought that paper over, I was like, whoa, whoa, what is it? Because here's the thing that he didn't understand. Mm -hmm. It's not the premise of, a, of whether we could pay that payment. We could pay it no problem without thinking about it twice. Yeah, and Brett Robbins says, right, they just changed the amount of years on your finance. No, they didn't. They didn't. We were always looking at, we were looking at two, two, two terms, 66 or 60. That's it. Right. Like those are the only two numbers and you can go to like, I think you can go you can all go the way to out 84. to 84, you can go to, 84. but I'm not going to 84. I just, the, the, the prime rate 
for auto finance right now is 60 months, right? So at 60 months, I can get 1.8% on a pre-owned, certified pre-owned. Yeah. If I buy new, I can get 0% financing. Uh, but I'm not going to buy new. I'm going to buy certified pre-owned. Um, so I can get on a 60-month deal, on a 66-month deal, I can get 2.6%. Yeah. Right? And this guy's like, well, when you have good credit, whether you're 700 or 800, it's 4 to 5%. And it's like, no, dude, it's, no, not. it's not. It's not, bro. No, and, it's... And, and that's what I that's when I was like, all right, you like with all due respect, man, you don't know what you're doing. Um and Rocco, your com I've Rocco, welcome to the show, but your comment got filtered. Um so the question Rocco was asking is how do you go about the conversation? The way that I buy cars very simply is I go in there knowing what it should be. But, I know what that Jeep is worth. I know all the Jeeps on the market. But I think even before that, when you go in to buy a car, the mindset has to be that you don't need to do it, right? Like that, oh, hey, yeah. I don't. But but it needs to be said. It shouldn't just be assumed. Yeah. I think people go in there and they're like, oh, I got to do this. Well, no, we when we were driving to the dealership, I, I, I think we even talked about that. Yeah. And then I said in the dealership, just follow me because we're going to get up and walk out if this deal isn't exactly what it should be the second time around. Yeah. So I go in there knowing the competition. I, I went in there knowing that he was probably $7,000 under value on that thing for whatever reason. Why they don't have it priced at 51000 I don't know, but that should have been a win for us, right? So I'm going in there with a number in mind. I'm not going to haggle with him over the price he's offering me. All I really care about is how much you're giving me for my car and how much my payment's going to be. That's all I care about because those two numbers, that, that what you're giving me for my trade-in will generally really impact my uh, payment and how much I'm, I'm going to have to bring to the table, how much cash I have to put down. And I want to put down as little as I can, because again, you're just going to lend me the car for 18 to 24 months. Yeah. And I'm going to make payment during that time. Right. But my payment, I'm probably only going to put $10,000 into that, the financing on that. That's yeah. it. Like in total that I own it. Yeah. So, all I care about is what are you giving me for my trade and what is my payment going to be? Yeah. I don't even, I almost even don't care what the car is worth as long as it's listed for a reasonable number that I'm, I'm okay with. Cause right now the Jeep market's ridiculous. Like it is. The car market is ridiculous. It is. Overall, but in but particular, the Jeep market is pretty, the Jeep Wrangler is, I still think is the number one resale value in the world. Yeah. On a on a used unit. Yes. Jeep Wrangler holds its value better than just about any other unit. Yeah. So you knew you were gonna be, but it just made no sense. This deal should have happened. Yeah. I should have a I should have a Rubicon sitting in my garage right now. Right now. And Tim Dolly Nissan didn't want to sell a car last night. Yeah. It's remarkable that you sent your sales guy back four times. When we told you, I think we told him when he got up the first time, we said, come back with your best offer, man, because we, we're ready to go. We're not here to, I specifically said to him, we're not here to play around. We're ready to do this right now. Let's get it done. Come back with your best. And he didn't do it. Yeah. And I, I don't understand it. I, yeah. I simply it do not understand it. It did. And so I'm going to wind up going from Tim Dolly Nissan to buying a car at, at, at LHM uh, Jeep in Sandy. And the, you know what the nice thing was? I walked into the Jeep store last night in Sandy and I said, I cannot do this now. My wife is in the car and we were all starving, frankly. Um, so we were going to go get some dinner. And I said, I cannot do this now, but I'm going to come in here. And I said to the guy, I'm going to come in here tomorrow at five o'clock and I'm going to buy one of your Jeeps. This is what I'm looking for. And I said to him, I need a Rubicon 
bone stock V6. He goes, oh, I don't have any of those new, but I've got like five certifieds on that. And he said, I think this one is the one that you're probably looking for. And he showed me this, this silver one, and it's exactly what I'm looking for. And he said, okay, he said, I just want you to know we don't haggle on price because none of us work on commission. We're all salaried full-time employees, so we don't get commission on sales. Um, so he said, this should be a straightforward process. It'll last about 30 minutes. And he said, if you show up here at five, you'll be out the door by six. No problem. Yeah. And I said, okay, cool. And I texted him my number. He texted me right away and it will be good to go. We walk it. When you call the guy at Tim Dolly, he literally sent me a text saying, well, why don't you come down and buy this Jeep right now? And it's like, well, Hey man, I, I, I said five o'clock. I have a life. I can't do it right now. Like it's just a, it's a whole yeah. different way of doing things. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. Me. So anyway, there you have it. LHM used cars in Murray, worst car buying experience. Velocity and Doug Smith are at, are the least pushy, Jackson Graham says. Um, and Garcia says, I got a decent trade-in value on my deals, but I was immediately upside down on the new car. Well, that's what you can't do. Yeah. So my wife hates buying cars. Hates it. Like when I bought my Audi, I have an SQ5. I am a thousand, I think I'm a thousand dollars to the good. I'm close to break even. Let's call it break even. I'm break even on my Audi right now. And I've just now had it a year. Last Friday was one year that I've owned my Audi. Mm -hmm. We got $5,000 over value on my Toyota Tacoma that I traded in. So I'm doing that deal all day long. Any deal that you do on a car, you should not raise how much money you're putting out to own that car. That's my rule. If I can buy a new car every year, let's say, every two years is usually what I do. I'm, I'm not going to do it unless it, it does not raise my output. It's that simple. I'm a car guy. I like, I there's a, there's I a, like German. I like performance. Yeah. So that's forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000. There's levels to it, though. Like I think it's unrealistic to say, hey, I'm not going to do a deal that raises my payment. But also, if you're someone who's going from the first car you bought and you want to get into like – German, let's say, because now you can afford it. I think that's, you know, it's situational, you know? So like, it is. I think for, it, it, I think the, the, the premise of it is, is you need to, you got to do your homework before you go and buy a car. Like you can't just walk in there be like, oh yeah, I want this car and not understand like how much it should be priced at, yeah. what the competition is at. Like you got to know. But that's why you, you have to do, like I knew what that payment should have been on that Jeep. And I pretty much nailed that. And then we did the Capital One uh, Navigator. And it put the payment right where we thought it should be. Yeah. So you just have to do a little bit of of yes of work. Yes. You have to know what the car you have to know the car you want to buy and what it's what the value of that car is. Because the dealer's counting on you not knowing. Like, let's be clear on that. Oh, they're yeah. counting on you not knowing, and they're counting on like last night. They're counting on us not knowing that it's the law that we only pay taxes on the difference of of the two the two values. You know. Like, he, he was assuming we didn't know that, and we did. Yeah. My dog is dragging his surgically repaired butt on the carpet. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, can you get a better deal if you're going to pay straight cash for it, though? This is a philosophical thing. Yes. The answer is no. Usually, their price is their price. The, the issue on price usually comes down to what that car dealership paid for that car. So, again, a Jeep that was in far far less shape not as good a unit as the one we saw yesterday 
that one forty eight thousand. Forty eight thousand dollars. Body damage. Wow. Britt, your dog just completely destroyed our camera shot. I know. Like just complete our dog just ran his cone of shame. Not like a major, just tilted a little bit. Like there, there good. Okay, there you go. Good. Thanks. That'll do fine. Our shot's all screwed up, but it is what it is. Anyway, the point is <laughs> only on this show does that happen. Where the dog who's wearing a cone who's of wearing, shame yeah. runs into a tripod holding our camera. Okay. Uh, anyway, the point is, um, yeah. they had—they were way upside down. They paid far too much in trade-in value for that Jeep. So they, the Jeep was probably worth forty-one, forty-two. On the open market, it was probably worth forty-seven. They were at forty-nine. They would only come down eight hundred dollars. And the reason for that is because you were saying that they it, overpaid for it. Yeah, but the but it was like a good it was like a good old boy deal. That it they was because the guy who who traded that Jeep in worked at the dealership and stepped up to a 392 um, V6 on the, uh, which actually be a V8, I think. Yeah, the V8 package. The V8 the package yeah. on the Wrangler. Yeah. So he paid a huge amount of money for that Jeep, so they were willing to pay more. But anyway, here nor there. You got to know what the Jeep you're buying, the unit, the car you're buying, you got to know what it's worth. I would almost always tell you not to pay cash. Um, you should be able to do better with the money in your bank account than just lump sum buying cash. Yeah. I'm somebody who believes in leveraging debt. The other thing you have to remember is this is a project for us. It's 100% a tax write-off buying this Wrangler. Yeah. Um it's going to be a big it's it's going to be a big content creator for our YouTube channel. Um we're going to have a playlist just for building the Jeep and we're going to take it on trips to create content and all this stuff. So it's 100% a tax write-off. There is no reason on God's green earth I would pay cash for that. I can, frankly, I could. I have the money, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Because I can I can use my cash further and I don't want to just hand it over to them. Why would I do that? Yeah. Um, but take my advice on this, please. If you are somebody like in Garcia's situation, or here's what I'm telling you. Do not be car poor. Do not be house poor. Okay? Do not overextend because you believe that you're going to reach the brass ring. Do not do that. Right now in this country, we are at a tipping point between renting and owning. And I'm telling you, for the first time in a very long time, there's a lot of value in renting right now. A lot. Because if you're going to get in over your head on a mortgage and you're going to be house poor, you're not going to be happy. You're not. If you're going to get in upside down on a car that you're never going to be right side up on, and what that means is if you're always going to owe more than the car is going to be worth, imagine just the amount of money you're paying in gap insurance on that car. So gap insurance covers the span between what you owe and what the car is actually worth. Mm -hmm. So if you total a car and you have gap insurance and it's worth $5 and you owe $20, it's going to cover that $15 difference. So it's very unwise to get yourself up to upside down on real estate or an automobile. Don't do it, please. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're going to see is we're going to create a video on this, uh, on the YouTube channel. We're going to do a lot of content on this Jeep, but this car buying experience is one that you should learn from because the car buying business is full of sharks in the water right now. Um, Graham says, I work for a DMS provider. I know the dark side of dealer, the dealership world. Yeah, I would agree you do. Um, and no, to answer your question directly, Jeremy Bolton, you're not going to get a better deal because you pay cash. You're not. Yeah. There's less haggling, 
because you're just trading monthly costs for upfront costs. I mean, yeah. that's pretty much what it is. Like, I, it's not a better deal for you to pay cash. They'll treat you better. Ever. They will treat you better. Yeah, I think. But yeah, Rhett Robin says they give you uh, the least price if you think you're going to finance because they hit you with fees. Just get the best price and then pay cash. Brett, I'm telling you, that's not the way to go. You have to understand the game you're playing. Too many people walk into a car dealership and don't understand the parameters. They don't understand the rules of the game. Yeah. Okay? They're not dictating to you. You are dictating to them. They need you. You don't need them. Yeah. Right? I can get a Jeep. That's not the question. I can get a Rubicon V6 at five different dealerships in this state right now today. I can get one in Hartford, Connecticut next week. The issue is they're going to do it on my terms or I'm not going to do it. It's very simple. Yes. And when you understand what a car payment should be, it would have been very easy to sign that deal and do a $900 car payment. I could have done that. But why would I do that? Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I know what it should be. So you just have to go in knowing what, what you're doing. And philosophically, hey, man, if you want to pay cash for it, knock yourself out. I'm telling you, I would not do that. Um, Snuka says homework for adults. Correct. And Garcy says, probably because I made the deals while she was away on vacation. Yeah, don't buy cars without your wife's consent. Yeah. Trust me, it never goes well. Last question then. We are looking to order a new car. Have to wait eight to 10 months. Do the dealers still have to pay any dealer fees, et cetera, for that? They do. Correct. Um, when you order a car, it's not very different than if it was sitting there. It just means that you're, you're on a, like, if you buy a Ferrari or a Lambo new, you always have to order it. And the deal structure really should not change. You're going to put a deposit on that car. And the issue with ordering a car, and I know I know a guy who went through this with a, a, a new Corvette. The value of the Corvette went up during his order window. So he ordered the car. We know a girl who uh, was a Mustang buyer. Mm -hmm. A girl that bought a, a yeah. track pack 350. Yeah. Ordered it. And when it came into the dealer... The guy who had, um, she didn't order the car. A guy had ordered the car. When it came in, he could no longer afford it because the price had gone up significantly because demand had gone up significantly. Supply was low. They called this girl that we knew who was a Mustang collector and they said, hey, we have this 350. Do you want it? She walked in and bought it, financed it, financed it. Um, but she bought it and she got, uh, she got the car that she had been looking for. That's the way the car game works. Because when you order a car, you're going to put a deposit down. Yeah. And there's some variability in it because you're not signing a purchase contract just to order the car. So the price can change, which is why dealerships will take a deposit, but they won't have you sign a purchase agreement on it. Yep. So it's an interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting give and take. Um, thanks so much for the advice on the car, fellas. Lesson learned. Do my homework and understand the game. Appreciate it. My new car. I'm a new car buying noob. Yeah. Yeah. Totally we're going to make a video on buying the Jeep. So I would highly encourage you to watch that video because like, we'll, we'll make sure we keep the deal sheet. We'll, we'll explain all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get that done for you. Absolutely. But speaking of deal sheet, we got to go. Already. Opening day in baseball. Huge day for the jazz tomorrow uh, with the Phoenix suns in town. Giggity's going to be there at the game. Got to think the jazz are going to win that game just to spike Giggity. Yeah. That'd be my guess. I ordered both my cars last year. I got a PhD in car buying before I ever walked in the dealership. My man. Exactly what you should do. Chris Carnes said. All right. Good to see you. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, by the way, somebody asked where you can buy merch. Uh, David Lee asked where you can buy merch. 
you can buy merch from Jake. SLC Supercars. Send Jake a DM, a direct message yep. on Instagram or Twitter. SLC Supercars. SLC Supercars. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.